0: Good evening, and welcome to Open Air, and good evening, Ashwini.
1: Hey, Michael. Good evening.
0: Good evening. Ashwini, I'm going to encourage folks to get in the queue, and then I'll read the announcements here. Okay. Recording and listening is a simple and powerful tool that assists us in accessing the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature and live the life we want. Our five-week class, which begins March 15th, includes recording and listening exercises and time in class to process your experience. Meditation is one of the most effective ways to train the attention to be with present moment experience. Join Sangha for our virtual meditation groups conference call meditation sessions that take place seven days a week. We have added a new meditation time, 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Fridays. For more information about this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And participants in the current email class are invited to submit quotations from the class for our daily Peace Quotes program. All submissions are greatly appreciated and may be emailed to peacequotes at livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for tonight, Ashwini. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we're all set to start here. Okay. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself?
2: Hello, Ashwini and Michael, Jeff in North Carolina.
0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey.
2: Uh, So I uh, wanted to talk tonight about, um, I've been watching uh, myself have this intention to do less and do things less uh, in quotes perfectionistically um, at work and uh, and then watching how um, over and over again I do the same things I uh, have tended to um, as, despite how exhausted I am and um, I, I think this week uh, it I am there is some movement in the direction I've been trying to go in uh, um, but um, but anyway it's just been uh, it's been interesting to see that despite you know the what feel like high stakes in terms of health and um, and happiness um, and just in having more time for practice and and other things, um, just still that tendency to go and uh, uh, go right in, into the same old patterns.
1: And so, just say a little bit more about the pattern. Is it that you spend more time on something than you would you think is appropriate, or is it that you do you sign up for too many things, or what's the pattern?
2: Yeah, um, I think the the pattern is uh, that I want it to be really good, um, and. That um, I it it just seems to me like this is how it it, it it's been difficult for me to even question uh, the idea of how I think things you know need to be. Um, I, I think uh, you know so other what people. Would, what would,
1: would go ahead? What would an example yes,
2: be? Sure, it could be. Um, it could be anything from checking papers and, the, uh, you know, the high standards for checking papers to uh, high standards for my, the, the lessons that I give and how, um, you know, how good I think they, sh- uh, you know, I'd like them to be or, um, or, or anything.
1: So, Jeb, I'm yeah. asking, for example, or trying to clarify this because I, I'm trying to get a sense of, is it really the actual activity or is there a conversation that the way you're doing something is not as well as as good as it can be? So if you're checking so if you're let's say you're marking papers, right? So so does mm-hmm. that mean that you you mark them once and then you go over and you mark them and you you look at how you've graded them and you spend twice as amount twice the amount of time on a paper as uh as Say somebody else would. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, or is it that there's so? So what is it? So is it just that yeah. at the end of marking papers, you're you're told, well, you you spend too much time on that, or that's not good enough. Go back and look at that paper again.
2: No, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, what it is is um, high in that case. Um, I I um, I. N- I, I think what would be helpful is for me to accept imperf- imp- imperfection in quotes, which is a really interesting way that it gets framed in the, ch- in the children's work. Um, I, I tend to, you know, almost, I mean, the reflexive, well, conditioned thing is to um, el- try to uh, have them eliminate all errors in their work, which is, it seems crazy to me and not, not even and not kind to the students but there that's the that's a pattern when it comes to checking work
1: Uh uh-huh so so then there's a tendency to give it back and say do it again or do it again and again until it's a perfect perfect paper that's been handed in
2: right yeah yeah
1: Uh uh-huh and so so you watch this process and the pattern keeps repeating do you have a sense of of where you are in the process pattern? In the sense of, have you process mapped it, for example? If this, is a, if this is a karmic process that you're looking at, do you have a sense of what the steps are? When does it start? When do you wake up?
2: Yeah, really good question. So I have process mapped it. In fact, when we did the you know, fairly recent process mapping, uh, that's what I fo- you know, I focused on. Uh, well, re- sort of related. Too much to do, not enough time. So, but, um, um, but, um, uh, so, <laughs> I, ironically, um, because the result of this, one, the result of this kind of thing, in part, it is that I'm, I'm always feeling like I don't have enough time. I don't, I don't spend as much time. I, I don't feel like I have enough time to do the process mapping. Um, Uh so, and because I'm just so exhausted with, you know, with, yeah, with things. So, um, anyway, there's, there's more to all that, but, but anyway, um, so, uh, I would say that I don't know that process, uh, uh, you know, as well as I could, I haven't processed mapped it as much as I could. That would be helpful. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, because, so there are two reasons to to practice with something like a a repeating pattern, right? The pattern repeats, we know that the pattern repeats because we tend to be, we, we tend to wake up at some point and see that we've done something over and over again. So when you map it and you really, really break it down into chunks, there's a greater chance that you interrupt the pattern at multiple points, right? Rather than you finish it and then you wake up and go, oh, well, I did that again. Or I'm so exhausted, right? So there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, that's one way of practicing with it. The other way of practicing with it is it, it, it's a training. It's training, right? So if you know a pattern, you could set set it up. So the most the easiest example would be something like, um, I, I don't know. I'm just picking something, right? Just to illustrate an example. So let's just say you have uh, papers to grade, and you have I don't know 30 papers to grade and you decide that today i'm going to spend an hour grading papers and you set a timer and you decide you're going to grade 10 papers in an hour and that's a very sort of educated you know lots of experience with grading papers you could create you could grade 10 papers in an hour and when the timer goes off you just get up and you don't grade anymore so so you construct a way to assist you to interrupt the weight of the condition pattern in a way that is that that is set up for your success.
2: hmm. Yeah, so let me see. Uh, let me see if I'm hearing you. Um, two things. One, the um, process mapping um, helps because uh, one way it helps is that um, there's um, I'm tending to it would help me wake up more often in the process, not just after. Uh, i've done that the thing again, and then two um setting up some structures um would could be helpful for a similar reason that um they these would interrupt the pattern um in a way in ways that you know I would bump up against it's like you know it would be like uh guidelines um at the monastery say um things yeah, that i would but bump really the conditioning would bump like, up yeah, against. But-
1: yeah, the the bell rings at the you know at the end of a, uh, of the work period in the kitchen, and whether you've dried the dishes or not, whether the floor is swept or not, you leave the kitchen. Uh
2: Uh huh. Very good. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Mhm.
1: Because it's not going to be an act of willpower to change the pattern.
2: Mhm. Right.
1: Right, because the pattern is constructed to execute completely. So unless you have something that interrupts mm-hmm. the pattern or sufficient awareness to, inter- to be present and see the pattern and not go with it, you can't break the pattern.
2: Mm-hmm. So the crucial importance of um, uh, putting, uh, putting, basically bringing practice uh, in, um, in intentional, I don't know, again, the, the practice things we we're just talking about, um, in order to interrupt the pattern so that, um, it's going to be seen and seen and seen and seen instead of seen occasionally. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm seeing a lot, but yes, still well, seen much, m- yes. much more intensively.
1: Well, there's two things about that, right, Jeff? One is, um, you're suffering, that's where is, that, that's where the opportunity to end suffering is, right? So there's no mm-hmm. practice I mean yes, you you sit on the cushion and you record and listen and you participate in Sunday workshops and you listen to the radio shows. but really, it, it's not like after years and years and years of practice, you can't do those things those Those are actually part of your part of your life. The suffering is happening here around certain things that work, right so. So, so if you're an awareness practitioner full-time then you're trying to be pra- you're trying to transcend the suffering where the suffering is happening mm-hmm. so you know here if, if, if your karmic pattern is being driven by a standard of perfection to go unconscious to the point of exhaustion and then waking up and feeling bad as a consequence of it not to mention exhausted then that's the, that's the the content of suffering that you're bringing into practice. And the process of suffering seems like you're very clear about, you go unconscious, you, there, there's a pattern that you're very clear about what the activity is, the content is. So once you've seen it, then it's a, it's training, right? Because once you see the process, there's not much more to see about the process. It's much more about how do you, interrupt the process and part mm-hmm. of the progress you're seeing is there's a way in which there's there's a there's some kind of um what what is we call battering cycle component to it well i keep doing this and then there's a decision to be perfect and not to do it but then you keep doing it and then there's a decision to be perfect not to do it so so now you're in the battering cycle what needs to be altered is the decision to be perfect Right, not to get back on the cycle again, and so once you have disidentified from the pattern, you have to set up a structure that interrupts it, a support structure and, that interrupts
2: it. So uh, let me see if I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not sure if I know. Uh, in this case, what you mean is the decision to be perfect. Is the decision to be perfect the um, the compulsion to? Uh, you know to hold myself and the students to these uh, you know whatever these very high standards or whatever high expectations um is is that it or and or is the is the compulsion to change my behavior um so that I'm not doing that? is it one or both well, of those I,
1: I, I, well i I project that it the decision to be perfect is the recognition that that's what is causing the exhaustion i'm holding my students to these standards and myself to these standards, that's the content, right? So I'm never going to do that again. Well, it, you, between mm-hmm. making the, the decision to say I'm never going to do that again and finding yourself to doing, to doing that again is part of the bathroom cycle, right? It's the stress gotcha. cycle. Mm-hmm. There's the willpower piece. I recognize
2: uh-huh.
1: I can solve the issue.
2: <laughs> you, you recognize, what was the last bit?
1: Well, I can recognize the issue. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm, doing this perfection thing, and I, I will, I, I, don't have, I will make sure I don't do it again, right? That's uh-huh. The decision right. to be perfect. There's no way. It's all part of the same cycle. It's one part is the setup, the other part is the setup for beating.
2: Right. Right. And yeah. So. Uh, letting go of the idea that I'm I'm going to that I shouldn't do that or that I am going to stop that kind of thing
1: well, um, well well, yes and no right Jeff I mean at the level of practice that you're doing you know the conversation if that's the process map piece you know what the what the conversation is going to be when you say oh it's I'm so tired I'm never going to do that again if you bring awareness to that, you can redirect the attention and you don't go to the next step of the sticky, whatever it is, the next sticky, whatever it is. But, if you're, wow. if, but, but the point is, you've got to be really, really present to that in order to be able to not go to the next sticky. And it sounds like this pattern is so embedded that there's not a lot of conscious awareness if the pattern, the only conscious awareness is when you wake up to the pattern exhausted, which is why the question is, what's going to break the pattern. So, so um, the key part of any training is what are you training? What are you training to do? Which is why I want you to be specific about what the issue is. Mhm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So right. I, you know, I mean, I'm just again, picking it picking up a, a piece here for a principal illustration. Uh, let's just say that um, I have a practice to wake up every morning and uh, not check email, and then I find myself on the phone so maybe the, the the interrupt structure is going to be a sticky on my phone that says don't check email. So now I manage to get out of bed, pick up my phone, and walk to the kitchen without checking email, and then I find myself wandering over to the iPad that's sitting in front of the refrigerator and Checking emails. So I put another sticky to say, "Don't check email." But there has to be something that brings you to awareness and prevents the behavior that you're trying to train yourself out of.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, like for instance, guidelines around checking work. Um, that right. that could be a, a yes. for its.
1: Uh yeah, one one pass. That's it. You watch uh, the whole all the, the egos scream and yell and it's like I'm going to go through <laughs> it once and then the book the book gets put down. Mhm. Yeah. And whatever support structure helps you do that. I don't know where you you grade papers, but maybe there's a big sticky in front of before you pick up a pick up a paper or a book to grade, you have a post-it that says only once. You see that? Finish it put the book down, move the poster to the second book, pick it up, and be really present as you do it. Whatever mm-hmm. you need to train yourself to not let the pattern compel you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> be really present. That would be good. Um, yes, because... Um, yeah, right. So... Um, it's, it the idea of that um a, a bring, yeah a, you know s- certainly i i I practice being present at work, but there's also this these unconscious patterns that happen as well um and so bringing uh bringing the the presence into checking work for instance specifically that's that's one place there are others, but that would be. That would be one place to really focus on uh, bringing conscious awareness by um, by doing the, the putting the interrupts in the the things that are the guidelines and the reminders, so that uh, I'm going you know I'm going to see those, um, and then also just having the the intention that okay here's a place I'm really going to watch. In my practice right now is what go you know. Let me just be present as checking work is happening, you know, to the best of my yeah. ability. And, yes.
1: Yeah. And I would you could put it on a recorder or whatever, but I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't. You wouldn't trust, trust. Just having the intention.
2: Oh yeah, I gotcha. Right. Yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So, yeah. so uh, that's for a good example, point.
1: I mean, and and we probably want to wrap this up, right? But. Sure. How do you how do you practice taking your shoes off before going into the meditation hall there's a moment of presence I mean there's a repeated way in which the the, uh, the training happens or putting putting down your um, fork between mouthfuls. right those are all interrupt mm. processes to bring the attention here so set that up for checking work
2: mm. mm-hmm. right Yep, okay. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Jeff.
0: Thanks for joining us, Jeff. And Ashwini, we are going to go to Good News Updates, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for Good News Updates. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. And
3: I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Michael, who is here to speak with us about his experience of participating in the recent True
4: Reflections class.
3: Welcome, Michael.
4: Thank you very much.
3: So I was realizing um, just in the announcements today, um, when Michael was reading the announcements at the, the top of the show, that the first... Um, RL class is being offered, Recording and Listening class is being offered again, coming up pretty soon. And so it's fun that we're looking at True Reflections, which is the sequel to that first class. It's the second um, Recording and Listening class that's really designed to deepen our Recording and Listening practice. And we just finished that class. And so thank you for being with us this afternoon to talk about your experience of the class. Sure,
4: it's a great experience.
3: So what would you say about it, Michael? Where would you like to start?
4: Uh, Well, I was looking it over um, and listening to some of the recordings that I did. And uh, the the pattern, one of the patterns that kept coming up was that when it worked well, uh, the whole process brought me into a place that transcended whatever it is I started to talk about. It always put it in a bigger... Text and a richer context that that transcended any little fussy fix it kind of orientations that I might be drawn to Oh
3: well, that's well put Michael and you know it's interesting as you say that so that that place of whatever it was that you started that you brought to the recording that it felt like you transcended that you stepped back into a bigger place and that felt like really one of the themes in the class we heard a lot is not that place of really coming to the recorder that it's sort of this open forum. Anything goes on the recorder and that it really does facilitate that movement of stepping back and having it be seen from this larger perspective.
4: Yeah, yeah. And it became more and more fluid over time, more and more reliable, that I I knew if I just started talking that I would tend to go in that direction and, and my body would relax and things would open up and uh, possibilities uh, kind of arose instead of um, you know details and, and uh, solutions and, and you know whatever everything else looked small and relatively unimportant.
3: I love hearing you say that, Michael, because that really gets at one of the big reasons we created this second class. So the the sense that recording and listening as a tool is something that Sherry's been talking about for, I mean, we might even be able to say decades at this point. And that a lot of us were approaching it as, oh, yeah, that's, that's something we can do here and there, you know, record and listen. But then there was a growing realization for, for those of us who were really working with it, that it's a lot more than that. It's, it's a way in which we can live. It's something that we can, um, bring all the time sort of a a constant relationship with life if you will and so exactly what you just described that as you do it more and more you get to that place of realizing wow i mean this it that experience of being able to bring anything to it and to come to that larger perspective through the recording becomes more and more reliable which in my experience makes us want to do it more and more
4: yeah, and it, and it builds the confidence that whatever that that transcendent state is, it's it's it seems to be more readily available over time, and I can trust that if I just kind of enter into the process, eventually I'll find myself. Well, not myself. When I hear you know the the mentor speaking, that there was just a role. there was a momentum that just happened by itself. I didn't effort anything, and it was uh, yeah. you know, an abundance of. Uh, you know, things that kind of blew me away sometimes. Like, where did that come from?
3: Yeah, exactly. That's one of the beautiful things about the class, having our own experience of that and hearing other people, you know, talk about those places of, whoa, I, I had no idea that that was in there. And yet here I am holding the recorder, often in that case, sort of in that left-hand place, that mentor place, just having these things that you would have never, quote, thought up arise and And beyond that recorder,
4: yeah, and then to build that that trust that uh, I don't have to know how I got there. I don't have to know you know what the smart thing to do was or the or the technique to get there. If I just uh relax, actually that was a big, big part of it. The more I relaxed and started talking, the more likely it was that these really great revelations would come out,
3: yeah. Boy, that's my experience too. That relaxation is a big part of it, and the trust. I appreciate that word as well, because it is a process, and it's a skill like any other that we. It deepens over time, and so for a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people start out with recording and listening with a lot of resistance. I hate the sound of my own voice. This sounds stupid. This sounds silly. But but in staying with it. And going through these classes and you know using some of the exercises in the workshops that we do to really come to that place of okay so you know I'm up against maybe something really hard and to realize that if I stay with it and I use recording and listening with that I will get to that place you know maybe not today maybe not right now but at some point I will receive that that assistance that's there for me in that process
4: yeah, and that, that it might show up in, in different ways. I was, I, we, we did some interview uh, processes, and the first time I did the interview, it, it flowed really beautifully, and it, it opened up all kinds of possibilities. The second time I did it, it was an interview uh, to ask about um, solitude, and I tend to be, my wife and I both tend to be um, kind of solitary people, quiet people. Uh, don't need to mm-hmm. a lot of interactions. And as I was recording, I could feel all this uh, hesitation. You know, like solitude is bad. You know, you're supposed to be with a lot of mm-hmm. friends and all this stuff. And uh, I could I could feel myself um, uh, pulling back from expressing what was really true for me. And I could just mm-hmm. watch myself do it. Because it never stopped during the whole interview i kept feeling this Mm -hmm. uh, desire to uh censor myself not say things out loud basically and then i realized Mm -hmm. so i get to watch this process you know on on the big scale and it was very very helpful whereas the first time i I did it on a different topic and it was very fluid and and kind of transcendent Mm -hmm. and valuable
3: I just I love that Michael. Yeah, that the real because so there's solitude, right, that that topic comes around, something that you've struggled with, or, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of conditioned conversation around it. Yeah. And so it didn't flow in the same way that the first one had. But instead of sort of getting to a place of maybe believing a next layer of story of why can't I do this recording thing, right? Why isn't this working? instead there's that awareness oh this is a conditioned conversation that's going on you stay with it and through the recording process you go right through that instead of trying to like become the right person who doesn't you know isn't always in solitude or whatever that is you get to use that process to be with it and it sounds like really get to see a lot
4: through that yeah and build that muscle of of staying engaged with it not trying to hide it or fix it or or move away from it, just to watch it happen. I mean, really expose its its the mechanics of it, and uh, you know. it so it was several minutes of just staying with this discomfort, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very helpful. Oh,
3: so helpful! It, it's you know similar to the conversation that um, Jeff and Ashwini just had of that we really learn whatever it is, whatever the particular content is, we really learn the skill of being with all of it. And not getting sort of stopped at anywhere, any place along the way to just stay with it. See the next thing. See the next part. See the next thing. You know, then ego is going to go in this direction. Okay, we stay with that. You know, we record through that. Okay, well, now here I am with that. Okay, great. Let me record about that. What I'm seeing with that. That we can really use that process through all of it.
4: And to do it live with the mentor. I mean, the mentor can be brought into that conversation while it's happening. That's what, That was really kind of amazing.
3: Yes, exactly. So many people in the class talked about that place. So there I am, I'm recording. In this case, you're recording about solitude and you're recording about whatever there is about that. And then to realize there's this whole thing happening under the surface. And what we're encouraged with, especially in that class, but in recording and listening in general, is whatever's going on in that moment, talk about that. So instead of here I am making this recording about solitude and I I try to ignore the conversation of my head that's yammering at me I say out loud on the recorder you know what what's going on right now is XYZ and that so often is the portal to what's actually going on and really opens up that conversation with the mentor mm
4: mm-hmm. and the result was that uh, you know just that fundamental uh, statement that it's okay. However you are, it's okay. However you go through life, however you react to being alone or not being alone or what other people do, it's completely okay. Just pay attention, you'll be fine. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
3: that's so it, that's everything. It's okay. That's the fundamental message that we're practicing everywhere all the time with all of
4: it. Yeah, you don't have to land anywhere because of this. That's right. No final statement about it. It's just an ongoing inquiry.
3: Yes. And so then, I mean, it really is the the process is the outcome. Mm -hmm. Right? So the very process of being with all of it is the thing that proves to ourselves it is all right. All of it, exactly as you are. However, whatever experience you're having with any of it, it's completely all right. And that truly is the process of recording and listening, that we get to be with all of it exactly as it is. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and that the, uh, I wasn't alone, I wasn't in solitude. There was this support, was this voice, that yes. could see what was going on that could, that could uh, yes. assure me that everything was fine and, and knew exactly what I was talking about. And you don't get that outside of solitude
3: such a good point again exactly so yeah yes
4: yeah it was a great great opportunity
3: it was indeed and Michael thank you so much for being with us this afternoon to talk about it
4: yeah thank you for the invitation
3: all right take good care good night Good night and Michael we will turn it back over to you and Ashwani
0: wonderful thank you Jen and thank you Michael and welcome back to open air and Ashwini we have another caller here wonderful next caller you are now live on the air and would you please introduce yourself
5: hi Ashwini hi Michael it's Anne in England hi Anne hi Anne hello
1: how are you guys? Good. How are you? Uh,
5: I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Uh don't really know what to talk about because I have a million things, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess I could talk about a practice success for a change. <laughs> um, am I okay? Is my volume okay?
1: Yes. We can hear you.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, um, I kind of missed the beginning of the, yeah, tonight's open air, but I think it was to do with a lot of recording and listening, and I wanted to talk about uh, success practice with that, um, because that underpins everything else for me, and uh, so one of the things I had, one of the practices that I do is, before I even put my feet on the ground, is I switch on my recorder first thing in the morning, and I have a recording that reminds me how I want to be today, or what do I need today, and that might, it is a kind of a a general one, So, um, so the first thing is, I remind myself, go and have a cup of tea, and just be for 10 minutes. And then, yeah. listen, then listen to some recordings and then record something, whatever that might be for that day. Uh, what, I listen to my body, what do I need for today? And it um, will have things like reminding myself to do my yoga practice, my meditation. Um, and things that are um, good for me that will make the rest of my day just be so much easier. So I'm quite disciplined in the morning. Uh, before I do anything else, I do about an hour and a half of practice. Um, wow. And that, that's yeah. just something that without thinking, that the alarm goes off and that's it, I go. <laughs> I don't even give ego a chance to say, oh, you can't do it, oh, you're too tired. No, feet mm-hmm. on the ground, right now, it on. And um, so I have quite a good routine with that, and it's really helping me.
1: I I bet, and there's so much in just that, right? And because, um, so several things. I mean, our fo- focus for the year is daily recollection, and part of mm. what we're we're tuning into is simply that that all of the ways in which we are talked out of recalling who we are, what's important to us, right? There's I don't know. There's some uh, someone who said how. We're so trained in, in attending to the non-essential and ignoring the essential. And so something like a recording, which allows you to actually remember, recollect, recall, all the things that you want to prioritize is just so beautiful, especially because if, for, for most of us, we wake up into conditioning, right? And then we don't realize it. We're super identified. The day begins. The voices have the the routine all mapped out and we start unconscious and continue unconscious but to have something that intentional that interrupts that process and i project i don't know if you always did this but it was it it it, it, um it was training for for that to be something that is so now um second nature to you
5: yeah there's no negotiation it's just something i do no negotiation
1: Between six and seven thirty,
5: I don't do anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. my day might go okay, it might not, but that's okay because I've looked after myself, and it mm-hmm. gives me strength. Um, especially because I've been going through quite a difficult time, and um, I find the recorder and listening just amazing. I use, um, I also use the recorder to talk to the mentor. If I'm feeling angry, I just explode into the into the into the phone. Uh, and the mentor always replies with kindness and love uh, calms me down and then I'm mostly able to say to that person can I come and do reflective listening if it's a touchy subject, inverted commas, Um, (laughs) or if I'm just feeling, you know, just things come up, like when you practice things come up and it allows me to stay, the yoga helps me to stay embodied and the recording and listening really helps with that, it's a reminder to stay embodied, you know, and not to, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. Well.
1: Yeah, what you're saying uh, is just re- very much that uh, conversation we were just having about true reflections, right? It's not that yes. I have a recording and listening practice, which means that I pick up the recorder once a day and I have a, a conversation with the mentor. The recorder becomes aware that I live, and yes. that's what you're talking about. Because when you're as as I I think you I think you mentioned it that that going through a challenging time and using the recorder as your um, sort of your go-to uh, process really, really gives us a, a, a felt sense of the benefit of it, and so yeah. that 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 it just becomes what I do. I have I'm angry. I talk to the recorder. I'm happy. I talk to the recorder. I'm suffering. I talk to the recorder. It's yeah. just my way of being with what's going on for me, right? Yeah. It's always unconditional, it's always available, it's it's a way to process and have my experience. And once I have my experience, then I can interact with whoever I need to interact with.
5: Yeah. And, uh, but first, uh,
1: there's somebody there for me. Mm-hmm.
5: Yes. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes that somebody needs to be my partner, but mostly uh, you rely on the cor- recorder now because I remember... Um, uh, the practice teaches is that uh, we don't have to deal with any of the
3: uh, side effects
5: of things <laughs> we're doing that. you do you know, humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, some, yeah, and because then some, we, we do we need
1: to process it. We don't want to. We don't want to have the conversation. It's the the multiple patterns we were talking about in the earlier call, right? If I yeah. know that I have uh, this is my push. This is a pushy push. This this pushes my buttons. I'm going to get triggered what I'm going to say is the same thing. <laughs> it doesn't resolve the issue. It, it it causes further harm. So I might as well mm. basically get the identification out of the way, the energy of the identification out of the way, get the energy back for myself. And then if I need to deal with, if I need to communicate something with someone else, then it's a non-ego communication.
5: Yeah, because um, with the process mapping, for me, the, uh, I did three separate process mapping things without without looking at the others, and it was so scary because they all came up with the exact same sentence at the end, word for word. Sorry, I couldn't and, remember. and
1: I could hear, I hear, heard, I can hear you, but I couldn't hear any of the words. So could you say uh, that thing again? Yeah, you did three uh, yeah. different process mappings. Is that yeah? You-
5: without looking at the ones I'd done before um and i uh-huh. uh, forgot i've forgotten the outcomes of the others but when i looked at the exact same <laughs> underlying issue came up word for word and that was shocking That's right. i was like oh my god mm-hmm. um if yeah. i did this over and over again for me it would be um how to n- communicate without suffering you know communicate and don't suffer from that book you know how to communicate don't, mm-hmm. suffer. <laughs> don't suffer communicate mm-hmm. yeah and um but you pulled the rug underneath me during one of those class one of those workshops uh <laughs> which I was really grateful for you said uh, I was saying what you know, the duality I was caught in. Uh, communicate, don't communicate, communicate, don't communicate, <laughs> communicate, don't communicate. Yeah. And the frustrate the frustration of um, taking someone else's stuff on or being the door that kind of thing. Um uh, you turned around I said, what about silence? And that ego just went into a massive scramble. What do you mean silence? How can that, <laughs> that's really helped me? Because a lot of the time now, I'm just very silent. And people are like, why are you talking to me? What's going on? Like, oh. and they, because they're probably used to me engaging in a discussion and now I find silence is often the best. Uh, reflecting. Well, well, we would, we would
1: say uh, a practice of restraint and religious observances, right? Because yes. it's not yes. so much that I think I project what you're what you're closing in on is the, that notion of I don't need to give voice to ego. That's not what this is about. If I'm going to interrupt the suffering, I don't. I need to interrupt. I mean, I don't need to go to the next uh, sticky on the process map, right? What mm-hmm. I need to do is not go to the next sticky on the process map, and that takes tremendous awareness to know where I am and not to get pulled into the identification. Mm -hmm. And I project that the ability to say whatever we want to say on the recorder is so helpful because, as we keep saying, suppression is not transcendent. Mm
5: Yes, suppression is not transcendent. Because if you you keep
1: stopping it, then then it's not like you're not suffering, you're just suffering inside instead of suffering after you've said it and then you get beaten up for saying what you said and feeling rotten that you can't interrupt the pattern.
5: Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I need to, well, sometimes I want to communicate how I feel, in particular to my partner, so I've got really good at asking him to uh, reflect me, you know, do a bit of reflection. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful to Reflective Listening Bodies because that's, oh my God, I've forgotten how amazing that is, Reflective Listening Bodies. is brilliant. Oh, it's yeah. like, you think, yeah. like, and I minding. think I said-
1: Yes, and I predict there it's important because the part of the training is to own your own experience and to stay in your own experience because whatever you need to say, if you, if you do get identified, but you have tremendous level of training to own your process, to talk from your process, no matter what you do, then the other person can just hold that because you're not coming at them, uh, blaming them for your experience so much yeah. easier to listen to another person if they're willing to, to own their experience,
5: yeah? Yeah, and like, I, I, my partner's so kind. At first, he's like, oh, I can't do recording this, and that's just repeating back what you're saying. How does that get us anywhere? I'm like, let's try it. Mm-hmm. We can talk about how we do it till the cows come home, but let's try it and see. And he's finding it really helpful now. He does the same with me. He's like, can we do that funny thing you do? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that funny thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then we don't always get it yeah, perfect. Oh, massively. And because I've been going through a lot. Obviously, sometimes some anger comes out, and I don't ever, I'm never nasty to someone, but this, the is there in the in the voice, and um, mm-hmm. I can, I found Project Joy really helpful with, um, you know, the Project Joy app, because there was a few weeks ago there was um, our day where we talked about kindness, kindness, and more kindness, <laughs> and that really helped me a lot. That's not kind, but it's okay. There's nothing wrong. (laughs) Just practice, you know, just notice when you feel that energy and just calm down. And so now, if I'm feeling frustrated or angry, I will say to my partner, I need five minutes to walk away, please, and I'll be back.
1: Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, I'm not leaving, but I just need five minutes because I need to just allow the anger to come up. Uh, Sometimes I'll go, sometimes I'll just do a bit of yoga or something. i just sit in meditation for two minutes and that helps. Um, but you know, the whole thing um, with living compassion is like there's never anything wrong. You know, because if I find myself in the duality, I know I'm in ego. If I find myself in the conversation, so the two things that really so the recording, listening helps me. Sherry's voice saying, Where are your feet right now? Where are your feet right now? And are you get out of the conversation? <laughs> and, kindness, Good kindness, you. and kindness, yeah, so thank you very much. I'm not saying it's. Uh, Simple, but it just it just makes it easier, you know, having that recorder and those practices. So. And obviously, yes, you guys are amazing. amazing. Yeah, I'd be lost without you guys. Honestly, I'm just so grateful. And I mean, everyone, living compassion, bodhi dharma and sangha. <laughs> um, mm. I can't, I can't wait for the the daily show to start. It's been amazing beginning mm. of the year. Um, so yeah. So thank you very much. Um,
1: oh, thank you, and. I, I would say good, night. It's good night. Good night. So
5: good night. <laughs> good night to everybody. All right.
0: Thanks. Take care. Cool, thanks, Ashwini. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. And Ashwini, I, I love that conversation on many levels. Um, first of all, the willingness to be up in the middle of the night, that's commitment. Mm-hmm. And um, the 90 minutes dedicated practice in the morning, just love that. And uh, really, a testament to recording and listening. I found it very supportive. That whole conversation. Yeah,
1: yeah. And to take such good advantage to take advantage of all the tools available and to make it um, part of everything that we do.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very inspiring to me. And we have another caller here. Next caller. You are
6: now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, it's Mark from Chicago. Hi, Ishwani uh, and Michael. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. So a while back I called in and talked to Sherry about, I was having violent nightmares that woke me up, and it was pretty upsetting because I, first of all, I'd never had dreams before, even let alone nightmares. And so she told me to check back in after I... Maybe tried some of the things that we talked about, so i'm I'm checking back in. and okay. uh, the first the first thing that um I worked on and realized was that my uh, diet and uh, what I drank in the afternoon had a lot to do with whether or not I woke up. So even though one can of pop isn't that much caffeine, apparently it's too much for me. so not not doing that and just not eating too late and being careful what I ate after lunch, it made a big difference in that at least I slept through the night. So I might be having the worst nightmares in the world, but I guess if I don't remember them and I don't wake up, it doesn't really matter. So that was, <laughs> that was
1: a big help. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the, the
6: the one thing I wanted to talk a, a little bit more about, we didn't get a chance to talk about it the last call, was I, I did try to record and listen when I woke up. I was in quite a state, pretty upset, and of course my, my voice wasn't awake. I wasn't awake, really. And so I did some recording and listening and when I listened back to it it's you know I sounded like a scared frog basically it just and ego had a field day with that and so I thought well <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not recording any more uh, recordings at, at night when I when I wake up uh you know out of a sleep or anything like that and I thought more about that and uh so I was, I was hoping for some guidance on that is that uh is that a good thing to actually try to do and and if if so, what, what are some tips to make it a little more successful than what, what I had?
1: So so let me, let me make sure I'm tracking there, right, Mark? So you, you were recording as soon as you woke up in the middle of the night. And when you listened to it, what, what happened was simply that there was, there was a level of self-hate there, right? If this is not helpful. This isn't, this, you sound like, what did you say, a frightened fraud?
6: Fraud. Because my voice was still wrong. asleep, and so frightened I was like, "Yeah,
1: uh-huh, yeah." Well, it, that the <laughs> the reason I would um I would do it is simply because you're someone who's frightened, right? The part of I I I'm trying to recall that conversation. I remember you talking to Sherry about it. But it seemed like one of the things that you might have suggested is that there's there was uh, I think you might have brought up something to do with suppressed emotion like anger maybe.
6: Yes, yes, anger was another aspect of that that we can talk about too. But right.
1: Yeah, and that's so. So if you were if you're able to keep the lid on it during the day, then so clearly that there if there's violence and there's nightmare, there's something related to suppressed anger in in what's happening it's being processed it's just not being processed in conscious awareness right and then there's this person who wakes up in the middle of the night frightened and makes a recording and then the the, there's a voice that comes in and says well you're you're such a frightened um you're so frightened don't do that anymore and as soon as something that self-hating that judgmental comes in and talks you out of doing something that's, that's an exploration for you, that always is something to be suspicious of. Only because if it can, do, if it can talk you into not looking at something, it doesn't matter if you sound frightened. Because, because the part of the process here is to have the experience you're having, and to hold that in conscious awareness, in conscious, compassionate awareness, right? Because if that voice can say don't look, then then it can say don't look to anything that you want to explore.
0: Yeah, yeah, good
1: point. So on principle, if something can come in, if a self hating voice can come in and stop you from looking, it's what we're exploring in the year long around aversion, right? I'm gonna look with mm-hmm. as much compassion as I can bring to this, I'm just going to be with this person when they wake up in the middle of the night and feel frightened. What's going on for you? I want to hear it. It doesn't matter how you sound. Mm
6: -hmm.
1: And if that person is witnessed, then there's the ability to look at what's going on.
6: Yes, you know, there's a parallel between that. You brought the the emotion, the anger emotion thing up. There's actually a parallel between those two things because when I record and listen about the anger, I avoid doing it because I sound angry. You that's know, right. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. So so you're noticing the similar process. It's not that there's a there's a process that's happening around control which prevents us from looking at something so there's something wrong with you being angry there's something wrong with being you being frightened sounding frightened sounding angry well if there's something wrong with the sound of your voice don't record and listen right it's the classic it's the classic process of of conditioning to not looking you shouldn't be angry you you shouldn't be this way not let's see what's going on for you and if we can help you and if we can get in touch with what's really going on, please. I don't know what's going on. But because you sound this way and that needs to not be the case, there's something wrong with that, walk away from it, not walk towards it. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I think, so I have not developed the right, uh, tool or whatever the right approach to recording and listening or something to really deal well, effectively here's, with
1: it. Here's one place that I would try there mark So, okay. so uh, and this, let's just say I pick up the record. I'm really angry and I'm talking about uh, What I'm angry about and then I I, I turn on the recorder and the vo- I hear a voice say you, you don't listen to this you're you too angry is something like that's happening right something that stops you from listening to the recording that you're ang- that that of your of you being angry is that what happens
6: i get angrier yeah
1: you get angrier uh-huh
6: i i so, listen to it and i remind myself why i was angry it's like yeah i am, I am really angry and i'm angry because and off i go and I'm, I'm i'm even angrier than when i made the recording
1: well that's i mean are you still recording while you're doing that
6: no, I mean, when I listen back to I, I thought you were asking me what happens when I listen back to the recording that I made when I was angry. Uh-huh. And what I'm saying is that uh-huh. when I start listening to that, I get myself all well worked up because I say, yeah, I still am mad at this guy because 10 years ago, you know, whatever crazy thing is going on. Um, uh-huh. And, and, Just and keep I, I recording.
1: don't. Pick, don't listen. Pick up the recorder and record, keep recording. Okay. Turn on the recorder as you're listening and get angry, right? Because the, the point is, so, so you can work with it one of two ways. You want, it, you want to be able to say anything into the recorder, and at some point the identification is going to run out, right? You can only stay angry for so long unless the voice is whipping your anger up over and over and over again. But even that is an interesting process to watch. And you can listen. And part of the training in the listening piece is, I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't matter what the person is saying. I don't know, think of the, the person you love most in the world that you would be willing to listen to no matter what happened, whoever that happens to be, somebody you really, yeah, yeah. really care about. You just yeah. want to witness what's going on for this person and really, really listen just simply think of it as I don't know if you play an instrument or you train in some way right the Mm -hmm. first thing that you're the, the things that you're learning are techniques. it doesn't matter whether you're good at playing the Mozart piece but I'm going to play the scale over and over and over and over again in order to be able to play that piece so when you record and listen especially around something like this you can you can the techniques that you're developing is the ability to get in touch with something that is not ever allowed to come out into conscious awareness. That's what the right hand technique is. So if you're angry, record from anger, keep recording. All the stuff that you're never, never allowed to say, never allowed to, to bring out, never allowed to express, you want to get it all out. You want to get it all out on the recorder and the technique is to speak from authenticity. It's not solving a problem, it's a process technique, right? And in the left hand, you're not listening from judgment. You're training to listen from compassion. And so that's the technique. Somebody's going on, ranting and raving, and ranting and raving. You you may get angry, in which case you pick up the recorder again and record. But if you are training in the technique of compassionate listening. You watch yourself listen with compassion and watch whatever comes up that won't let you get to a compassionate listening place. Now you've done two things to assist in your process, which is to be really able to look.
6: Yeah. You know, one look at thing anger, I... look
1: at getting provoked into anger, being, look, listening to anger and provoked into self-hate. You, you are looking at all of those processes in a way that you weren't ever allowed to look.
6: One thing I can see from this discussion is that my recording is far more successful when I'm recording about, you know, blue skies and puppy dog tales. But whenever I get into these really uh, really, uh, emotional things, whatever passion it is, love or anger or hate, whatever, uh, I I tend to, to go away from that.
1: Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. Especially if we're disconnected from our feelings, which conditioning would really, really like us, especially, I mean, would like love to whip the hate up and, and, and uh, take away the love. And so you keep it at bay, right? It's the story is what we're in touch with, not the feeling.
6: Right, right. Great, very helpful. Mm.
1: Well, Mark, um, we're we're at time, but do call back again and let's continue this conversation.
6: Okay. All right. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And Ashwini, I loved that conversation. I loved that deep looking and willingness. And as you said, we're at time, and uh, it was a fabulous show.
1: Thank you, Michael. We'll do this again.
0: We'll do it again. Go happy.
1: Bye-bye.